This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's time. Time for silver and black today. To the ground game. Touchdown Las Vegas. We're breaking down the latest Raider news from on and off the field and bringing you conversations with newsmakers and record breakers. So hold on, Raider Nation. It's time to get, get it, it on. Here's your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moulton. Welcome back, Raider Nation. It is week one in the NFL. Your Raiders go down to Los Angeles. They will face the Los Angeles Chargers at SoFi Stadium at 1-something p.m. on Sunday. And we're here to talk about it, Silver and Black, today. My co-host, Mo Moten, Scott Branson here. Mo, uh, are you ready for some real football? As I mentioned last show, I'm ready. I don't know about you. I had no choice to get ready. Uh, just a lot <laughs> on the plate. But, you know, Raider focus, fantasy football focus, betting focus, it's all on the platter. It's all on the menu for me. But I... You know, I have a I have a unique, I'm not a unique, but I have a, a very in-depth look at the Chargers. So I got a lot of good questions for Nick today. That's good. And we're going to get right into it and, and preview the Chargers. We kind of usually do this in the second segment. We want to do it right from the front because we're excited because it's week one. We're, what can I say? We're, we're eager to go. And to do that, we bring in a very familiar face to us here at Silver and Black today. And that is Nick Cothrell. He's a publisher of the Sports Illustrated Chargers Report, right, Nick? Yep, ChargerReport.com, part of yes. SI Media Network. Yes, he's part of Sports Illustrated, and Nick was a writer for us at Silver and Black today back when he was in college, and he's doing well. We're very, very proud of him. I know Raider fans have a mixed reaction because you're covering the Chargers now, but we <laughs> forgive you for that. I used to be a Charger fan as a kid, so some people have never let me down on that one. Uh, but uh, Nick— Just really uh, quick, Scott, I, was, yeah. I just want to announce that I'm the only person on this show right now who has no affiliation to the Chargers. That. <laughs> that is true, but you do to the Jets, and that's a whole different story. Right. That's a, okay. that's a family Silence. thing. That's a family thing. That's a family thing. I got it. All right. So, Nick, um, listen, you're, you're the publisher of that SI site. You cover the Chargers every day. You're, you're, you're at the facility. You're covering the practices. The, I want to start out and asking you about the Chargers and expectations this year. The expectations, it's a familiar story for the Chargers, actually. Very high expectations and seemingly unable to live up to them for all sorts of reasons, including injuries and, and things like that. But now they come in, they've improved the team. They have a guy that the Raider fans know really well, Khalil Mack, on the defensive side of the ball. Offense continues, Justin Herbert. 
Eckler's there at, at running back. When you look at this team, are the expectations in line with the talent level they have, and will they live up to those expectations? Yeah, the expectations could, probably couldn't be any higher, right? Everything they did this offseason has just really been an all-in approach, uh, kind of seizing the opportunity with Justin Herbert on his rookie deal. So, it, you know, the, the, they're going to need to win to to meet those expectations, and that's not going to be easy with uh, the AFC West. And, you know, all four teams really have a, a legit shot. So they're, they're going to have to, you know, live up to that. And it's it's going to be it's going to be something where the defense, which was a bottom three unit last year, is going to have to try and match uh, what the offense was able to do just a season ago. Now, Nick, you mentioned that defense. How confident are you that the Chargers have fixed their run defense? As you as you mentioned, just pretty much a sieve on the interior. So <laughs> the Raiders coming in with Josh Jacobs, Amir White, Brandon Bolden, Amir Abdullah. What is your confidence level on you know Sebastian Joseph Day, uh, Austin Johnson? I believe they also brought in. Can those yeah. guys show up the interior of that defense? I, I think they can, <laughs> you know, it, it's tough to tell right now because during, you know, none of them played in the preseason and just during camp, they're not exactly tackling ball carriers to the ground or anything, but it, it, it seems like it's a lot better. And Sebastian Joseph Day and Austin Johnson, both those, you know, those two guys, they stopped the run um, near the top of the league with, with, you know, how, how they offer, you know, their contributions and run support. And so uh, both those guys have been flying around Sebastian Joseph Day is, really been kind of one of the vocal leaders um, across that defensive line. And uh, it's, it's, it seems better, but you know, it's, it's ultimately going to be a wait and see approach. Yeah. Again, talking to Nick Cothrell from sports illustrated chargers report, make sure you check them out. Uh, and uh, he is talking about this year's charger unit. Now, Nick, we look at this chargers team and, and I mentioned some of that offensive firepower. I answered Justin Herbert and Justin Herbert, is gets you know lauded for being a top four quarterback. I think in most things that I see, un unbelievable talent. Uh, people point out to the lack of success, which I always say that's not true because that's a team issue. Just like Derek Carr with the Raiders, he's had the same kind of thing. But you look at Justin Herbert now heading into this season. Um, how's that maturity level? Because he's performance wise been great. He's had steps forward, steps back. But is he at that level now from your perception where he's ready to take that next step, lead his team into the playoffs? Yeah, I think he's ready. And I, I think he, you know, as Raider fans saw, like what he was doing in week 18, it, he, he, last year he could have done that, but the defense really kind of dropped the ball. So what what Justin Herbert's been able to do his first two seasons has been, you know, the best, you know, first two years of a, of a quarterback based on touchdowns and uh, passing yards. So offensive coordinator Joe Lombardi for the Chargers said last year was about them learning a new system and it was more of like football 101. And now they've kind of turned that page to football 202. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, they both, you know, voice their confidence and knowing the offense more. And they were a top five unit last year. So like that, those two guys, you know, already being in sync with Justin Herbert and they're all saying that they're a lot more confident this year. Who knows what that offense is going to look like now? So, Nick, I just want to know, you're close to the team, and I talked about this with Scott on our last show. How much chatter is there about how the last season ended? Is there still a sour taste in the Chargers' mouth to the point they're still talking about it publicly to the media saying, we needed to avenge that loss, and it was embarrassing to lose to the Raiders in that fashion where you see Justin Herman kind of mouthing, 
I never wanted a tie so bad. So does that come yeah. up in conversation with the, with the media? You know, it, it came up a lot more during like the start of OTAs when when the players met with the media for the, for the first time to kind of start this off season. But today, uh, Derwin James spoke as well as Brandon Staley. They were both asked, and both of them said, you know that that was that was months behind us now, and they've they've kind of acting like you know they they put that in the rear view and they're just moving forward, kind of living in the now, but. It's hard to say, right? Like that that has to still be sitting in the back of the minds of of some of these returners. Now the defense is going to have six new starters. So there's also a lot of players that weren't even part of that game, um which, you know, for week 1, maybe that's a better maybe that's a better thing. <laughs> maybe maybe it's something where the returners can use it as motivation, I don't know, but the 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 message that they're trying to you know, give a send across to the media is that they've they've kind of put that behind them. Now, they're really quick, though, before you go in, Scott. Now, you mentioned that defense and guys that are coming in that are new may not have that sour taste in mouth as players who were there. One of those players being J.C. Jackson. What is the update on him? I, first, you know, I heard Taylor Bashadi on NFL Network say that not expected to play, but then there was a report that he's out of his walking boot and they want to see if he can practice later in the week. Maybe he's, he's more doubtful than questionable or probable. Now, if he's not out there, is it a combination of Michael Davis stepping in with Asante Samuel and Bryce Callahan? Because I know people are going to say, well, J.C. Jackson's not playing. Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, those guys are going to feast. But Michael Davis has been a start in this league. I believe six interceptions and 35 pass breakups in the last three years. Bryce Callahan, experienced slot guy, played under Vic Fangio. Brandon Staley comes from the Fangio coaching tree, knows the scheme. So I think Asante Samuel was also rookie of the month one, uh, one month last year. So not necessarily they were deep at that position not to say that jc jackson you know he's not a loss but they're they're pretty set even if he doesn't play correct yeah i think i think they they are pretty deep um so jc back to real quick on the jc jackson situation like you said there's been kind of some conflicting reports about whether or not he's gonna play brandon saley said today that he's he's day-to-day and that the walking boot has just came off and that he was running. Um, so I, I don't know exactly what that running looks like. Uh, he wasn't out at, he wasn't out at practice today um, during the, you know, viewing portion to the media. Um, so, and he wasn't out on Monday either. So uh, the two days this week, he has, he hasn't been present. So uh, he was, he was on the injury report, of course, and uh, that he's just going to kind of be a, a wait and see. So, if he can't go, it's like you mentioned. It's gonna be it's gonna be Michael Davis and Asante Samuel Jr. on the outside. Both those guys were the starters for the Chargers last year, so it's not like they're exactly you know, throwing a throwing a rookie in there who hasn't played a bunch of meaningful games. And then um, in the nick in the nickel, they have uh, Bryce Callahan, who he he's played both inside and outside. So even if they were to kind of get into a pinch, they can use him in a variety of different ways to match up. But regardless, like. Ha- not having J.C. Jackson, you, you can't underestimate his presence, and especially matching up against the Raiders with Devontae Adams, J.C. is that guy that would have mirrored him. You know, he's a guy that you you can just have him go one-on-one. Without J.C. Jackson, they probably resort more to some some zone zone looks and stuff. Interesting stuff. And, and one of the things, of course, Nick, you know, covering the AFC West – the Raiders' story this offseason has been the right side of the offensive line. The Chargers had their own competition at right tackle. Trey Pipkins was named the starter. 
Talk about what he did, what how his performance was, and how they solved or how he won that position and um, how that's, that line now stacks up for the Chargers, who've been seemingly working on it for years. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I mean, their their right side of their offensive line is is being pieced together, you know, kind of like the Raiders. They draft Zion Johnson. He's going to pencil in as as the right guard. So we'll kind of kind of see how he comes along. But he looks like a, a strong, you know, good, good young kid. And then at right tackle, Trey Pipkins, him and Storm Norton were in a position battle in training camp. They were splitting the reps 50-50 when they were doing 11-on-11s in practice. They split the reps uh, throughout the preseason Pipkins ultimately won the job. You know, I wouldn't say it was uh, a camp battle where he necessarily ran away with it. You know, there were moments where he looked like Trey Pipkins of last year when he came when he came into the game and such. But at the end of the day, the coaching staff said that, you know, what was the ultimate deciding factor was they felt that when Trey Pipkins was in there, you know, the, the pass rushers were a little bit further away from the quarterback than when Storm Norton was in there. So he's the guy that they've settled in on. Pipkins, you know, he he spent the offseason with Duke Mannyweather in Texas, who also trains uh, Rashawn Slater. So, you know, both those tackles have, you know, they spent extensive time together working. And Slater has voiced, you know, how much progress he's seen from Pipkins. Um, I don't really have a whole lot to go off of since I was covering the Rams last year. And I've only I've only seen what Pipkins has looked like this camp. But uh yeah, it's gonna. It's probably gonna be the spot where the Raiders look to exploit because uh, he's gonna have his hands full with, you know, either Max or Chandler Jones. So, so speaking of spots, the Raiders are able to exploit. How about that linebacker core? I know Kenneth Murray hasn't exactly lived up to first round expectations. I know he had, a, I believe, an ankle surgery this off season. Drew yeah. Tranquil has been hurt recently. Missed a, missed a few games last year. Missed almost all of 2020 with an injury. Uh, they bring in Kyle Van Noy. Where is he going to line up? Is he going to be on the outside? Is he going to be on the inside? Because I know he's a versatile playmaker and he can play both positions. So just fill us in on the linebacker spot because I know Darren Wall is going to be active and he's going to be in the middle of that field. Yeah, so Kyle Van Noy, you know, when he was originally brought in, he was kind of viewed as that that chess piece that's going to, you know, mm-hmm. probably do a little bit of both, play some inside linebacker, maybe, you know, rush off the edge if they're, you know, given Macrobosa breather. But He's worked pretty much exclusively at inside linebacker. Like I, I re- really haven't seen him play, you know, the edge position mu- much at all. Um, so it's the inside linebackers are going to be Drew Tranquil and Kyle Van Noy. Um, and then like you kind of alluded to with Kenneth Murray coming off ankle surgery, he's only been back for two weeks now. So I would expect him to probably, you know, if he play if, if he plays, it's going to be probably a pretty minimal role, at least here in week one. Um, but even when he is fully back, he's, he's probably still not going to be the starter. It's, it's going to be Van Noy and, uh, Tranquil. And then they also have Troy Reader. So it, right now it kind of seems like Troy Reader and Kenneth Murray are kind of fighting for that like third linebacker role. Um, and that's going to get shaken out and 
Trey Reader's a guy, while he's a new addition, he played for Brandon Staley with the, with the Rams. So he's a guy that's really familiar with the scheme, um, a guy that's, you know, a core special teamer. So Kenneth Murray, he he's going to have his work cut out to uh, get back on the field. But I will say he, for a guy that's missed a lot of time, you know, during like the team period and drills that uh, we've been able to see, he has looked pretty good. Yeah, it's interesting. Interesting unit, to say the least. Um, talk about Brandon Staley, uh, Nick. You know, it, the situation that we've seen him with the kind of the riverboat gambler, he's going for it on fourth down. He's taking a lot of heat over that. I know he's talked about it publicly, too, and what it's meant for his team uh, last year as the coach. Um, how has he changed? Is, is he going to still have that type of mentality? Or what's the next evolution of Brandon Staley as he matures as a head coach? Yeah, so he's talked about like his what what people call like the fourth and Staley mentality. Um, <laughs> it's tough to tell if it's gonna if 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 and when exactly it's gonna change. Um, he, you know, he's he's talked about it's 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 common. There's a lot of factors that really go go into it. The way I, I've interpreted it, it, like he's probably gonna end up reeling it back at least a little bit. And now mm. he has a defense that's at least closer to matching the offense. So if if you have the defense that you have more confidence in, who's going to come up with, with a, with a stop, and then you can get the offense, the ball back, you know, maybe, maybe you do just end up like punting or even, you know, just t taking the points in some situations. Now I don't think like his aggressive nature is, is ever going to go away because that's, that's who he is. And, you know, he, Justin Herbert, he, when you have Justin Herbert under center, your chances of converting, you know, a fourth down are much greater than, <laughs> you have Mitchell Trubisky, you know, yeah, like, yeah, so yeah. at the same time, <laughs> you still have Justin Herbert in your back pocket. So that's going to be uh, kind of interesting how that shakes out this year. So Nick, before, before I send you off, uh, I just want to know <laughs> if the Raiders are going to win this game, uh, what do they have to do very well against this Chargers team? Like what is, what are the weak points on this Charger team? And for the chart on the Chargers side, if the Chargers are going to win this game, what do they have to do really well? Raiders? I think if the Raiders are going to win this game, I think Devontae Adams goes off for a huge day, um, which, you know, could happen if J.C. Jackson's not, not out there. I mean, even if J.C. Jackson is out there, everyone knows what Devontae Adams is capable of. Um, and then on, on top of that, I think the Raiders uh, probably really, you know, attack uh, Trey Pipkins at right tackle and, you know, generate, generate a lot of pressure. And I will say, like, during the Chargers joint practice uh, with the Cowboys that they had, that was something that was pretty clear. Like the Cowboys were, were bringing a lot of pressure off that right side and it, and it, they were getting to Herbert pretty quickly. Um, so that was something where he was having to get the ball out pretty quick, wasn't able to really hang on to it. So if that's, if, if that's the case again here against the Raiders, that, that could be something that really holds the chargers back. Um, and then on the flip side, if the, if the chargers are going to win this, I think it really just comes down to them winning the battle in the trenches on, on both sides and just, you know, Austin Eckler led, led the league with 20 touchdowns last season. So, you know, it is, is he going to, is he going to be a guy that's looks like, you know, the, the 2021 version of Austin Eckler. And then everyone knows how, you know, consistent Keenan Allen has been. So I, I just think that Chargers are returning pretty much every starter except the two, uh, right guard, right tackle of their offense. And they were a top five unit just a season ago. So I think it's going to come down to, can they kind of reciprocate that? Uh, interesting. And, and Nick, so, so really quick, Scott, before you jump ahead. in, yeah, you're I just want to say, so basically, so basically 
Sorry. So basically, Nick said whoever's right side of the offensive line stinks the least. Has <laughs> you the can, best you can say that. The football game. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's exactly what he said. Yes. Um, uh, you know, Nick. Before before I let you go, too, we talked before we went on the air about uh, the AFC West and how crazy it's going to be, and and it's it's the fo- it's a focus of the NFL overall, just because it's so dang competitive. I know on on the website, it's hard, right? Picking and and predicting how the division goes. Mo and I did our prediction show earlier in the week and, and we had our records for the Raiders uh, and we had three teams in the AFC West going to the playoffs. It looks by you, you, you pick the chiefs to win again. You pick the Chargers second and I'm sorry to do this to you. Cause I know Raider nation is going to come after you pick the Raiders last with a nine and eight record. Um, <laughs> but, but that could very easily go the other direction to talk about that. Talk about for you, covering the Chargers, but looking at the rest of the division and how many division games the Chargers and the Raiders play early on. Yeah, so I actually have I have the Chiefs winning the AFC West, the Chargers being second, the Raiders third, and then the Broncos fourth. Oh, sorry. Now, I, I, mis- Scott- I misconstrued. <laughs> All good. Now, Scott, like as we were talking about before we came on air, like really this could come down to any team winning the division. We're kind of we're kind of splitting hairs here because yeah. all these teams, you know, what, what they did this, this off season and just how they're constructed They're they're all capable of making the playoffs and making a run. Uh, but, you know, it's going to be interesting. I think we're going to get a real sense of it real quick, just because the chargers open up with, with two division games right off the bat with week two coming on a short week, Thursday night, they got to go to Kansas city. Uh, I think you shared like the Raiders play three divisional matchups within their mm-hmm. first five weeks. So, all these teams are kind of just getting thrown into the fire. And, uh, you know, th- these games usually come down to about one possession. If, you know, Raiders fans, as Raiders fans know, like these AFC West matchups usually come all the way down to the wire. So I would, that's kind of what I'm thinking for uh, this game on Sunday. Yeah, it's going to it's going to be bananas, I'm sure. Uh, I picked them to win. Mo picked the I picked the Raiders to win. Mo picked the Chargers to win. I just have to remind people of that because he's taken some heat over this this week. <laughs> with oh, tweets with the mo? video yeah he's 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 <laughs> yeah. got it but it'll be interesting and i know we'll we'll catch up with you down uh towards the the back end of the season as they uh as the raiders line up against the chargers in las vegas again which i'm sure will be a pivotal game as it always is like it yeah. was last year but make sure you follow nick at nick cothrell on twitter does great work again he is he covered the raiders before so he's he's an alum and we appreciate him, and we're so proud of what he's been able to do. Even though I know you guys hate the Chargers, uh, Nick is doing a great job uh, with SI. Nick, thanks for joining us, man. We really appreciate it. Of course. Appreciate thanks, Scott. Thanks, Mo. All right. There you go. Nick Cothrell, uh, one of the good guys, and good stuff there. Good mm-hmm. insight, Mo. Yeah, I got super high because I've been covering the Chargers a lot because, full disclosure, as you've heard in the last show, and if you read my articles, I actually have the Chargers winning the division by one win. I have the Chargers going 11 and 6, and every other team in that division going 10 and 7, with the Rays and the Chiefs having a playing game in week 18 at Allegiant Stadium for that last playoff spot. So, I uh, had a lot of intel on the Chargers, so it was great to have Nick on so we could talk about it. Yeah, it, and and don't come at me about the Chargers winning division. I didn't say it. Mo said it. 
Just, just to be clear, yeah, put it out there. Because of my history, Close people are going to think I've turned back to the wrong side again. But anyway, <laughs> uh, thanks again to Nick Cothrill from Sports Illustrated, the Chargers report. Uh, good, good stuff. So there you go. You got everything you need to know about the Raiders opponent on Sunday. We're going to step aside when we come back. Mo and I are going to go over some news. Is Darren Waller close to a new contract? We'll talk about that amongst other things in Raider Nation. You're listening to Silver and Black today here an Odyssey Original Podcast. Don't go anywhere. 